This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. Hey, and I'm Joel. Hey, Joel's back, everybody. Welcome back, Joel. Thanks a lot for being Thank here, man. Thank you so much. I was actually thinking before we started, like, when was the last show we did? I think it was, ironically, also a Comic-Con show. It was you, me, and Jowen. That's right. Yes, it was at the at-home Comic-Con where we talked mm-hmm. about the uh, best superhero redesigns, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, that yep. was a hell of a show, actually. I'm really, really proud of that show. Yeah, most deaf. That was a lot of fun. Um, and it's apropos because we're going to be talking about the new normal for the Comic-Con. Um, yeah. If, if if you guys had did not participate, uh, you probably you, like you then then we'll bring up the speed about what we did at, at home Comic Con, how it reflects what we're going to be experiencing in the years to come, probably, and yeah. uh, and look at it through the lens of what San Diego Comic Con has announced that they're going to do. Mm-hmm, uh, before mm-hmm. we do that, of course, I wanted to say that this show is sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching this live, you can use super chats, ask a question, make a comment. We will read it here on the show and we'll weave it in, and then you'll be part of the show forever, or at least as far mm-hmm. as as long as YouTube keeps the video up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, and those uh, those super chats go back into the infrastructure that allows this uh, to exist mm-hmm. <laughs> and the and this to, to keep going. So uh, let's talk about it. Um, first up, at home Comic Con was uh, the concept behind uh, a number of comic YouTubers like ourselves mm-hmm. who were like, hey, let's uh, let, let's make a let's do a con. We're not going to any where I mean, our whole existence is online anyway. We might as well just yep. recreate the con experience as best we can online mm-hmm. panels with, with just using panels because the rest of it is unfortunately not replicatable. I, I mean, some definitely try where it's like, well, let's have a digital art room and let's have, you know, people can send away for uh, autographs. But again, it was just YouTube guys like us. Yes. And if you and if, if you want that, just ask for it and we'll try and give it to you. But that's the thing. Like we there's a there's a comic pop con every week on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Mondays. You want to watch off the rack like the new books are on Monday and then the the, the big heavy topic is on Tuesday. Come on and yep. check us out live every week they're, they're, and, and we'll sell shirts and merch or whatever con experience you need. Sketches. <laughs> I can draw you a crappy thing. Oh, yeah. Why not? But we've, uh, we've, we've only been doing panels Sal, this whole time. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like, well, when we've when we have, uh, you know, applied for cons, we're always like, yo, we got a panel. I'm ready to go. Like yeah. we, we, we've been preparing for this our whole friggin' lives. Mm-hmm. Getting uh, our reps in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you are, uh, if you, well, you know, you're part of the quarantine or at the very least you're part of the pandemic that has been happening yeah. since March, uh, or January really. Uh, but, uh, but you've been part of this. Uh, obviously the convention experience has, Full stop. Yep. And that's kind of a fascinating in its own right because the Comic-Con went from like church basements and hotel lobbies mm-hmm. to every state in the country mm. has a con, if not two. Oh, yeah. Big money-making events, too. Big public events. Yes, exactly. So there's, there's, a, there's a gazillion cons. And it got to the point where 
people were like, I'm going to go to every con or mm-hmm. I'm going to go to every major con to, well, I guess I'll go to every con that's in my general vicinity. Uh. You know, con attendance spiked. And then I think kind of like plateaued off because you had nothing but options. And it's true. As a result, every uh, every con kind of became interchangeable. Yeah, everyone did it a little differently, but then everyone started doing it a little more cookie cutter. You always saw the same uh, sword guy at every con. (laughs) That sword guy? I love that sword guy. Every con, I'm like, ah, this is a good one because there's that sword guy. Yes, I would like a keyblade, please. (laughs) Who is the sword guy? The sword guy is, it's like a table with intricate knives and swords. Mm. Uh, Similarly, there's also a sword guy, maybe the same guy, but who cordons off a section and he whets like some kind of wicker or bamboo Uh, and puts uh, it onto a post. And then he shows you how sharp these swords are by cutting it down and then gives people a chance to to give it a try. Now, now they don't do that here in Canada, but probably because we have harsher laws on bladed weapons. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, here the funny thing is, you know, if you if you go in dressed as Master Chief, they put a big like fuchsia hot pink colored like twist tag on your gun uh, to show you're not bringing in a real weapon. And then you can go right up to the, the sword merchant mm. and buy a movie accurate blade sword that actually has like with real working knife action. Yeah. Let me get one of them Separos, will you? Let me get one of them Massimunes, please. Exactly. Uh, but they really do cut. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like, Seems like a seems like an oversight or lack of that, oversight. That actually reminds me. Did you read the story I retweeted there? Some poor lady dressed as a stormtrooper got like tackled in Toronto on May the fourth by cops. I sure did. Yeah, she was wielding her patented stormtrooper blaster, which looks nothing like a real gun. Not even close. And uh, yeah, she was attacked by police, which you know. Yikes! Come on, hard. Canada. We're, we're we're normally better than that. Come yeah, on. What are you doing, Canada? You know what a stormtrooper is, and even if they were. A real stormtrooper, you know she can't shoot the broadside of a barn. She works for the Empire, eh? Get her. So, the Comic-Con has ballooned into this, like, monster that everybody... If you if you were on a panel or a discussion about the modern Comic-Con, everybody would tell you that it was coming to a crash. Yeah, because it was just unsustainable. I mean, you know, when you look at the granddaddy of them all, San Diego Comic-Con, which is where we're going to venture a lot of our discussion today, I'm sure. People have been saying for years, like, man, you used to be cool, San Diego Comic-Con, but now it's all about the money in Hollywood. It's not even about the comics anymore, man. And I think you and I have even discussed where it's like, if I had the choice, I'd go to Emerald City again, or I'd go to New York again, or Chicago. These Even the companies themselves have moved their things, where it's like, look, we could talk about our new comic comic books here at San Diego, but we're going to get fucking buried under trailers and everything else. Let's go to Emerald City where people might actually care. Exactly. No, it's become a strategy. There are so many cons you can coordinate your release schedules and your announcements uh, throughout the shows. Yeah, exactly. I've seen announcements happen at Baltimore Comic Con. I've seen New York is kind of the big one. If you want to coordinate your comic book release, it's New York is the huge one. Emerald City is a good option as well. C2E2 gets big releases now, which blows me away. It most certainly does, C2E2. But of course, uh, Emerald City, C2E2, and New York are all owned by Reed. So one company kind of controlling it all. They, 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 they do find work, those Reed Pop. Hit us they, up. They do indeed. Hey, uh, I, uh, I, you know, we applied for an Elseworlds panel at New York Comic Con. 
This will be the year that we'll get it and won't be able to have it because there won't be a New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. But but in a way, because San Diego with their tweet this week is like, hey, everybody, you know, this year everybody gets to come. Everyone gets a chair in Hall 8. So really, we could just put out a panel whenever and say, hey, it's our SDC Comic Con panel. Yeah, the fact is, like, there is nothing to stop you from, like, using whatever hashtag they're using and piggybacking Mm -hmm onto mm-hmm. that show and i think we'll definitely do that but i am gonna oh, reach yeah. out to san diego and see if we can actually have some kind of like truly coordinated effort because i've always wanted to go on as a likewise as a, as a comic fan as as comic fans as as long time lifers like we've always heard about it there's a couple of staples in the comic book fandom community mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. If you've been around as long as we have uh where it's like you gotta hit up these few things new york comic-con obviously has become one of those things it was my mm. first Comic Con of all time, so that's that's out. Uh, I got to cross off my list. Had an amazing time that is yet to be top, and I keep meaning to do it again. Same. Uh, there's also, of course, San Diego Comic Con. There's the 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 mecca of all Comic Cons, and uh, for a little bit of an added bonus, Mile High Comics. In every mm. comic book for a long time, as a kid when I grew up, there was an ad for Mile High. And I'm like, that's in Colorado. I'm never going there. I'm <laughs> never going to go to the world's largest comic book store. And then thanks to the comic story, and I was able to go. I went nice. immediately. Like, we went to some, it was the Denver Comic Con. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going away from this to, <laughs> to Mile High. I went there. I'm like, I've been here. Ha-ha! I need to make my pilgrimage. Yes. Uh, thankfully, they, uh, they, they give you a van, and you can just get into it. Oh, it's, sweet. Yeah, they have a, a, a no-air-conditioned windowless van. <laughs> You get into from an alleyway, and then it I would looks, expect nothing less. Yeah. Oh no! And then you and like two other unsuspecting nerds in cosplay <laughs> will be ferried into a warehouse <laughs> district where you will be taken to a like ramp that leads into what could be mid uh, mile high comics or a meatpacking plant where you will be <laughs> assassinated. Uh, but no, it was a great experience. I had a great time. Uh, but like those are a few things you want to do. San Diego is one of them. I gotta go to San Diego at some point. And now we're in this weird world where it's like, not only can you, could I normally have gone, get a ticket, and fly mm-hmm. out, but now I'm told I can't go. There isn't a show, but maybe Oops. there is now. Here we are, virtual cons. Yeah, and they were down to the wire too, SDC. Oh, I yeah. know there was, I know there was a big deal there where it's like, hey, all you people who bought tickets, you might not get refunds because we're we're waiting for the city to cancel it, so that way we don't have to refund you. I did it come down to that? I think they canceled it themselves and refunded people. They, they 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 did because and they learned I think because uh, Reed had to do the same thing with Emerald City where they were just like literally into like I think it was two weeks away when they finally canceled the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, can you imagine? I, I, I guarantee I would have gotten the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just get into a plane in Newark mm-hmm. Airport, which is the most like centralized international airport hub on the eastern seaboard. Oh, yeah. Be in, uh, an air, in, in, a, in a plane with recirculated air. I had a connecting flight. So two of those. Ooh. Then go to the largest convention center in Washington. <laughs> Because, you know, it's not like we roll the dice with our health anyway going to Comic-Cons. Like, the con crud is a real thing. You're probably going to get sick if you're not careful. That's right. Uh, So, yeah, understandably so, they're canceling these shows, and I I get it. I got a survey from New York Comic-Con just the other day where they were like, would you go this year? Mm. And if not, why? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think so. I want to. Like, I, I want to. But in order for me to go, I mean, actually, it's better than ever. Like, I could just drive in. Cause, yeah. But normally, I'd get on a bus, which I don't want to do, and then mm. get on the subway. Like, like, no, there's no way. 
Um, so we're, so they're coming up with alternatives. Yes. And let's get into some of those alternatives in just a second. Because Stephen Fothery says, I live in Texas, and I bought a katana from the sword guy at a rodeo nice. once. He really does go. go everywhere. He sure does. Rodeos are like the the, the cowboy hat wearing Comic Con. They really are, aren't they? You get your belt bucks. Again, I live in a farm community myself. So yeah, every year they have a rodeo. And yeah, there's the sword and knife guy. There's the spiced meat guy. Uh, when uh, pot became legal here, there became a dispensary guy too in all of those. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, if the root beer guy was there at the rodeo. Oh, I know that. Wild Bill. Yeah, Wild Bill was at my, uh, at the Sussex County Fair or the New Jersey State Fair now that it's called. Um, but yeah. The root beer guy was there and every con we've ever had in New Jersey. Love that guy. It's funny. That was only an American thing. And then he got so big, the root beer guy, he started showing up in my places. And I'm like, oh, you're here. I know you. I have one of those metal cups. Fill her up. Yep, Yep, sure did. Uh, The fake Grant Morrison tracksuit Dracu Joel. Hope everything's treating you two wonderful people well. So far, so good, man. (laughs) I totally am the tracksuit Dracula right now. I just got my hair back. Oh, the beard's growing. The one thing I regret is that I went with my old beard style. I wish I gone full quarantine beard and did the whole thing, and now it's too long and I can't. I don't know. There's no ways. I mean, you could just start now. It's not like it's going to stop anytime soon, so... That's true. Could just keep it going. I also need a haircut. And then I'm also like, no, let's, uh, let's let this ride. Let's see how far this goes. Yeah, that looks high and tight. I think you're still okay. I need Gotta... a haircut. It's going everywhere, but, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, the Concept Court says, you've been missed, Joel. Sal, no words needed, Aww. but keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Concept Court. Oh, that's very nice. Very, very kind. Do appreciate it, man. Uh, and Rab L definitely took a while for them to announce that cancellation. Tickets could be refunded or transferred to 2021. Oh. And the hotel was refunded as well. That is oh. the biggest that's like, the kicker. concern. You need that hotel refunded because, mm-hmm. holy crap. Now, I've been saying this forever since this started, but like I hope that every industry, every infrastructure that has been affected by this learns a lesson and like mm-hmm, hopefully people mm-hmm. like learn to have new demands. Hopefully San Diego becomes less gougy and gross as a result yeah, of this. That, I doubt it. Nice. No, because <laughs> again, they make too much money off it. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I'm glad that you got your refund, Rab. Thank you very much for telling us. Um, now, so now people got the refunds from the hotels. Airbnb is apparently harder because Airbnb in general sucks as a company, and yes. they're like, "No, you're not getting that back." Oh no! <laughs> uh, so we're getting into uh, what San Diego's response has been. San Diego is the first major con, and New York has until October. I think we're not going to hear about a cancellation for New York until September 25th. Uh, I mean, the Javits right now, aren't they actually like having overflows from hospitals there right now? Yes. So uh. it, it, it's it's become a quagmire. Uh, but mm. we'll see, because like I, I don't expect a vaccine any time in the next three months. Mm. But if one were to materialize, uh, New York would roll the dice. Yeah, I'm sure they would. Like, I think Reed would be like, oh, no, you got the vaccine. Boom. We'll set up special camps outside of the convention center for you to get your vaccine except vaccines take two weeks to take into effect but whatever (laughs) but uh, we gotta get this con going (laughs) yeah oh mopey wanted to remind us don't forget about that guy with the same four anime key rings oh that guy's pretty good too all the all the characters we need to make a book of all the con characters really that uh, yeah uh brad geiger and chris jerusa did a book called tales from the con it was a cute little like sunday comic strip type book that is if you're a con goer, like 
a terrific resource to kind of make fun of yourself. Mm. Uh, but it does not have like one of those crappy toilet books where it's uh. like your guide to the comic con. And it's like, you know, it's like the handbook and it says you will encounter the, the sword guy, the, <laughs> the anime merchant, the plush doll, like homemade Etsy girl, like, all the, your favorite characters are there. The, the creepy anime fuck pillow vendor. Don't make eye contact with them though for too long. Exactly. The t- the t-shirt tower. Oh, I love that one. Ooh, the cosplay boyfriend. You want to be this guy, but he's mostly just taking pictures and carrying bags. It is not about him at all. <laughs> he is a pack mule. Yep. And you can be too. Yes, and you can be too. Just go out with somebody who wants to be a cosplayer. Yeah. Um yeah, there's a lot to there's a book there. There actually that's a thing. Patented and copyrighted by Comic Pop. We own that. There you go. Oh, don't forget too the uh the YouTuber on the come up and it's just a picture of you and me. <laughs> well, there's all there's actually like a huge range of them. Let's take a tangent because this is not going to take very long. This cuz this uh, is gold. Uh the YouTuber like you the YouTuber up and comer could be ranging from it's it's like a person dressed like me with mm-hmm. a phone on a like little like selfie oh, stick. Oh, selfie stick. Recording themselves. Yep. Then there's the like we have a camera. Mm-hmm, Usually mm-hmm. it's like a handy cam or something, but like we and I I've, hey. I've roped in someone else <laughs> to shoot this for me. And like it's hey. them and their friend, they're filming them. Again, in both scenarios, no microphones. Then in the next one, yep, yep, you, I'll get you in for free, buddy, if you hold the camera for me. <laughs> and what's great is you got those two, and then it immediately jumps into twenty-five thousand dollars setup. Like mm-hmm, <laughs> it's people mm-hmm, with like mm-hmm. with full rigs, gyroscopes, a red camera, and just lav and they mics. Got, they got lav mics, they but they have like a phony big hand mic and they're just standing there. And then it's like and it's like, wow, you really have like gone full tilt on this. How many subscribers do you have? We're almost up to twenty five thousand. Like what why did you You spent a lot of money to make a video no one's gonna watch. I'm I'm allowed to laugh at that joke because I'm nearing thirty thousand myself. Well, exactly. Like that's. I mean, <laughs> don't spend that kind of money on 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 an audience that's not gonna watch that. Uh, we learned that the hard way when I was a kid. Well, no, when I was a kid YouTuber, when we started, I assumed that you shoot at the Comic Con. It's like shooting the rodeo in your movie, yeah, like, yeah. where it's like you're getting all this production value. And mm-hmm, then you, mm-hmm. but you're center stage. So it's like you organize this whole thing. And mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. thinking like people are going to be, there, there are thousands of people here, but there aren't, but but there's many more thousands that haven't gone, but want to be a fly on the wall and see this yeah, experience. Yeah. So you are providing this like, you know, immersive experience and I'm riding the coattails of this big show. Yep. No, it's, it's, it doesn't help you. The only thing it really does not. The, I, I I do advise it for YouTubers though. Like if you're going to a con and you're like shooting the the rodeo essentially, and shooting the rodeo by the way is an expression. I think Red Lightning coined it, but it's an old it's an old device. And the idea here is, um, you're making a movie for like dollars on the budget. You mm-hmm. have like nothing, uh, and you uh want to, and you're shooting in like rooms or like sets that are really crappy, but you want to show like that you are a big time movie you wait until the rodeo comes to town and yep. you shoot a few scenes that take place at the rodeo 
at the actual rodeo. So it looks like it's a big time movie that created this rodeo, but in reality, you're just filming at the rodeo. Something that's there. You know, it was always a heartbreaker for me mm. when I would watch like G4 coverage or like YTV coverage of conventions. Like this is like really early in TV when cons were just happening. And I'm like, man, they always get these great shots and it looks like the whole uh, show is just uh, built around them. In reality, when I went to shows, I realized the way they did that is, is that because they work for television, they actually have people standing up to be like, hey, stay the fuck back. We're filming real stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, screw them, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sucks. they always take over everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I would say uh, the experience is incredibly valuable. Like the experience oh, yeah. of actually shooting the con um, is valuable. And the reason why I say that is because like you're learning a lot. like So much. And I'm still learning. Yeah. You're learning a lot about like sound uh, coordination, uh, collaboration, working with the vendors, working with other people, learning to like muster up the gumption to talk to a creator. It's hard, yeah. Handing out business cards. Yeah, uh, networking, so to speak. There's a lot of stuff to learn about, uh, to learn from that experience. But know that nobody, uh, nobody is watching your con coverage. Nope, like, nope, That's nope, a video, nope. I guess, or, or, or a BuzzFeed article. Sorry, nobody's watching, <laughs> so, nobody's watching your con video. I'd read it. Like, because they aren't. The, 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 the con video is for you to, like, carry shit coordinate with people then bring it home and realize like oh all i hear is this dull roar of sound from a thousand people talking at once and my voice a little higher than that what do i do to combat that i need to bring i need to start using a microphone the onboard mic isn't going to work what a waste of time like that i spent doing this if no one can hear me like there's there's a lot of like growing pains and learning that is Mm -hmm. associated with that it's just funny because like Whenever I'm at a con, I always see a very small, brand new YouTuber mm-hmm. who is like who is at the booth and they're doing their thing. And yep, I'm like, yep. if you just change the angle here and here, your video will be a hundred percent better, and people will still won't watch it. We we, we feel like the old uh, uh, independent vet there thing. Let me wise you up, kid. Let me tell you, back in my day. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, no one's watching your video. But at the very least, you can learn something from it. Um, you got to work smarter, not harder, kid. Get some more of them cosplay videos, then set it to music on the Instagram. <laughs> People like that. Yeah, I, I guess the Instagram music video cosplay would be better than the YouTube one, since there's a thousand every single show of that. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, learn a thing or two from that experience. I've seen it a thousand times. Shoot B-roll. Always shoot, oh, yeah. like, shoot their, their, their table so that you can hide your mistakes when you like totally fuck up. When you're like, you can, you can never have enough B-roll. That's right. Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, but, the, but no one, but many, many Comic-Con or many, many YouTubers who are planning on shooting the rodeo at their local Comic-Con are not going to be able to do that. And they're going to figure something else out. San Diego Comic-Con's plan. I don't know it, because from what I've gathered, their announcement was just that crappy little video they released where it's like, this Very San Diego Comic-Con, everybody gets a badge, pets are welcome. Like, uh-huh, but what are you going to do, though? 
it was very vague, wasn't Are you still going to have the big movie panels? Are you still going to have the trailer? Because I would think the studios would just want to run that themselves. Then again, you figure some of them put together sizzle reels and stuff solely for San Diego Comic-Con, so it wouldn't really play outside of con settings. So yeah. what, what the hell? This is just coming to me, so it's not fully formed, and I don't think it's a really solid idea yet. But like, I would think, wouldn't it be valuable to approach San Diego Comic-Con the way they approach the Super Bowl. Because, mm. like, the Super Bowl is a universal event that yep. everybody can participate in from their homes. Yep. But everybody else, all the people, all the big money comes from sponsors and, and all that crap. Halftime shows, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Well, I'm talking about, like, commercials. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. how they produce them on their own but they all come together at the big mm, game. And maybe right. that's the approach for San Diego Comic-Con where it's like, it's one central hub, you know, one show, one channel, one network. And then you just have all this stuff. And it's basically like watching a big game, but it's just a constant stream of stuff. And I could dig it. In between that stuff, you get trailers and commercials and stuff like that. Like you get like right. the promos because I could see I could see it not being very successful, but I could also see, yeah. but I could see it being in theory, really, I, uh, uh, in theory, a very expensive idea where San Diego's like, do you want to have your, essentially your, your, your Comic-Con slot, like a Super Bowl <laughs> spot, and you'll spend like however great much to be part of the programming schedule, like, where it's literally like, you're watching a panel of like, Jeff Johns talking about Stargirl, and then after that, a, a, a trail a, a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive trailer for Black Widow. Mm, I like that. Be like, hey, be sure to stick around after the panel when we play trailers of da 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 da. Yeah, well, I wouldn't even say it. It's just it's just like having a TV station. In fact, I could see isn't no, not G4 is gone, but there is another oh, yeah. channel that used to sci-fi. Oh yeah, 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 San Diego yeah. Comic-Con. Sci-fi could Did do really? the whole thing. Huh. From their channel as well, and it would be a whole They'd different probably- experience. They'd probably like to do it. They're probably starved for content. Please let us do this. Right, right. Uh, so I would expect San Diego, that's the way I would handle it. If I were San Diego Comic-Con, I would, like, you know, treat it like a like a combination of the Super Bowl and the Oscars. Mm. Like, do, you, do, you, do you have a remote host that you pick to kind of MC the whole thing? I think that'd be probably be a good idea. Uh, but... As we've seen, you know, as the world changes, as we go, get into, like, the new normal for Comic-Cons in general, but uh, you'll see that, like, the new normal has already kind of kicked into high gear in the entertainment industry. Look at the Academy Awards and how, like, crappy the hosts have been. And Boy, I kind of howdy. one hand the amount of good hosts that have ever been in the 100-year history of the show, and yet now the last two times they've learned no host is the best host. Yeah, it took them a while. All it took was a massive controversy to realize, you know what? No host is better. Yeah, and I think that like that might be the way to go with San Diego. I could see them doing one host or or a couple of hosts, but like the problem is, and the thing is, San Diego doesn't do the YouTube game. They don't know. No, right? of course. So not. It, they they don't probably remember the time that like Chasm G and Norm Macdonald hosted that horrible YouTube event. <sighs> like, do you remember that clusterfuck of a show? I'm- I'm getting uncomfortable just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, if you if you do that, you run the risk of it being like a cringe factor. Like, 
But hey, if we don't have a host, how will Joel McHale eat this month? <laughs> right. And I'm, listen, Joel McHale would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, of course he and would. And I would watch that. I would much rather if you picked somebody who was like more self-effacing and originally funny, like uh, Dan Harmon hosting the San Diego Comic-Con stream. Oh, that'd be good. Um, or somebody who cared. You know, like somebody Kevin who's... He's the most obvious choice. I would watch it, and I think he would do it like in oh, a heartbeat. And he'd set it up like where he was like, "Hey, man, welcome to the show. This this Comic Con, Holy H is my age. like. It's all the whole thing. Uh, I feel like I'm watching it right now. <laughs> exactly. Like that's. I think he would do that in a second. And listen, you could do worse. I think that's a great plan. Like a good idea is just get Kevin Smith, have him host the show. Hey, man, coming up, we're gonna have another thing. Like they're the Thundercats Roar season two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, and they could show and you could fill like 24 hours of content. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do that necessarily, but like that. And that's just that's just off the top of my head about what San Diego could do versus what they'll probably do. Yeah, um, because as we've seen, every YouTube channel about comics or movies has moved into every every creator or actor who doesn't have anything to do has cre- the Conan O'Brien show has become a mm. podcast on TBS, yep. a crappy podcast. I might add. I know that's a funny thing. Like never did I think, man, all my years of podcasting, I am actually better than some of these people who I enjoy. Right. Well, I mean, and I get it. Like, you know, anyone who's on TV's Colbert, uh, uh, Conan, uh, Myers, Myers, uh, Kimmel, uh, and, and the others, um, they all have nothing but utter disdain for the internet and for internet-based shows. Uh, You can tell. You could tell. uh, But, like, now they have to do it. They're they're like, I will... If I have to do it, I will do the barest of minimums. I will do the least amount of effort. It it hits me right now. The lady who has one of the Tonight shows, Lily Singh, didn't she start on YouTube, actually, now that I stop and think about it? Yep. And she's Canadian, too. Yeah. How's she doing? Is she doing podcasting yet? I don't know. But I mean, everyone's doing podcasting now. Yeah, that's the thing is that like Conan's show is a podcast. Joel McHale started a podcast with uh, with with uh, Ken Jong, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, the Darkest Timeline, <laughs> which is great, by the way. I don't know if you've seen it, but like they had the entire cast minus Chevy Chase on Literally. the whole community cast. And they where they sprung on Donald Glover that there's a secret like te- text group. That he's not in. <laughs> because, like, you know, you quit halfway through season five and didn't come back even for a guest spot. We assumed you wouldn't want to be part of the text chain. Well, guess what? Guess who's not getting a guest spot on Atlanta now, everybody? <laughs> Is that even on anymore? I, you know, I heard amazing things about it, and then I heard nothing about it for a bit. I heard it was transcendent and amazing, and then I didn't hear anything else about it. Right. Well, that's it. Exactly. Uh, that's what happens with work like that, where it's like, it's amazing. No one watched it, but it's it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, so we're seeing a lot of like the these TV hosts kind of like who would normally host things like the Emmys or the Oscars. They're mm. like, I don't want to host. I'm not hosting a live bullshit thing for the Internet. Boo. Yeah. Uh, so you I know, have standards. Yeah, I have standards. And it's like, no one's working. <laughs> yeah, come on. Are you really going to look a gift horse in the mouth? Yeah, if you want if you want attention, like I know you do, you're going to have to come on the internet to get it. Yeah. What's also funny about that is that, like, now it's a whole new audience. A whole new audience that doesn't know who they are and doesn't give a fuck. They're like, mm, oh yeah, who's this? 
no, I'll just watch this 23-year-old kid with blue hair scream. Yeah, you're, uh, you, you, your banter is lacking on this podcast. Your like, back and forth needs some work. What do you mean? I have William Carlos Williams on, and we're going to talk <laughs> about prose. Like, <laughs> Martin Short's coming back for another conversation. Remember Three Amigos? Like, How could I forget? You're not, like, I mean, that's basically what Elseworlds has been for the last couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got Ron Mars. People are like crickets. I'm like, he's cool. He's, he created your favorite freaking Green Lantern. Nah. Why don't you people care more? We're, we're like that uh, bit, what is it, in Family Guy, where it's like, come on, this is amazing. I crapped my pants when I saw this at the 1930s World Fair. <laughs> exactly. That's where we are. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Stephen Fothery says, uh, I think a lot of the cons can't cancel too early if they want to collect on their insurance. Insurance companies are the worst. I know. I work for one. That's funny. I used to work for one too, man. Um, yeah, I can imagine that they probably have to wait on insurance because, like, there's no way they don't have, like, some kind of protection. I guess the question is, massive. Yeah. I guess the question is, too, how would we make a good online con? Because I know some of we're offering where it's like, look, we will have an online artist alley where you can actually buy stuff from people. That's cool. Actual merch shirts. That's also pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. Let's get into that. And just let me let me answer these more a couple more super chats and we'll get into sure. our own con. Because mm. while we were part of well, you know what? Let's do that through the lens of the online cons we have been a part of so yes. far. And where we could see the future of the con experience. Most of. Um, Rusky 910 says, Elseworlds, come for the topic, stay for the tangents. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Put Ken- that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, Kenneth Dowling, hey, Sal, happy Tuesday. Hey, Joel. Uh, have you been, man? I can't complain. Keeping busy, hanging in there. Uh, recently finished reading Court of Owls. I love it. Uh, it's probably my, possibly my favorite Batman story, how it's written, how it's drawn. I think it's the best modern Batman story. I, you'd be hard pressed to find an argument against that point, Kenneth. True. I love that story. I remember like getting to the, to the labyrinth and turning the book. Oh and I'm yeah. Like, this is really like, this is trying to do something good. Most and definitely. This is good I mean, stuff. I mean, easily all these years later, still one of the best new 52 stories ever told, like top of the heap. And it was the first one. And what's funny is it also doesn't have to be a new 52 story at all. No, there's nothing about it that needs to be new 52. In fact, I think it's even stronger if it's not, because it Mm. it relies on your experience and your understanding of Batman and his history for the the weight of the Court of Owls to be felt. Mm, Most deaf. So, yeah. Uh, Meow Nian, hey Sal and Joel, don't forget every mid to large con needs at least one Trek former star. Uh, oh yes, of course. Man, those cons have been paying those actors bills for a very long time. I met LeVar Burton once. He seemed really tired and mildly annoyed. But I got his autograph. Yay, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good shit. Uh, yeah. The first con I was a guest at, uh, what is it? It was uh, Famke Jansen who was there, who was like the big headlining guest. And I'm like, yeah, oh. I'm... Well, well, I'm not on the poster next year, but I'm in the program next year. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, and you, uh, you were sat at New York Comic Con next to the Blue Ranger. Oh, man, still to this day, one of the highlight moments of my career. It's like, yo, he's there. He's fucking there, man. I saw him in the green room and shit. He was wearing a suit. Looked great, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, uh, I, I had a similar, I, I've had nothing but similar experiences when I talk to any celebrity at a con where it's like, mm. they hate their lives and resent being <laughs> here. I met, I met Gary Coleman one time. Oh, wow. Uh, at a very early, it was either, it was the first New York Comic Con or the second New York Comic Con, probably year two, I think. Uh, oh. But it was, he was next to Ray Park and Daniel Logan. Um, or Peter Mayhew and little uh, Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah, I met Peter Mayhew. I paid for his autograph. I looked at Ray Park and didn't. And I <laughs> and I walked up to Gary Coleman. I'm like, Gary Coleman, man, you're awesome. I love different strokes. He's like, hey, man, thanks a lot. You want to buy a thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> but you're great, though. Bye. Yeah. No, man, you're charging way too much. So long. <laughs> yep, that's, uh, that's how it goes. And then he died. Oh, uh, uh, so- <laughs> What was what was the one? I think it was in Philadelphia, and we passed Bully Ray when he was like checking into the hotel. I'm like, oh, holy shit, it's Bully Ray! You know, like five time tag champion. You know, all this stuff in Japan, and everything. And you said, well, do you want to say hi to him? No, he's a terrifying man. Let's go. <laughs> no, let's go in the opposite direction. Fair enough. No, he looks super pissed <laughs> about everything, and I know he fights fans sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't want to piss him off then. No, no. We didn't find New Jack, though. I'm like, yeah, that's New Jack. You can tell who he is because he has a bunch of old fork marks in his head. Oh, um, and I met uh, Mickey Dolenz, the one of the frontrunners of the Monkees. Oh, wow. For my money, I was like, I don't really listen to the Monkees, but I was a big The Tick animated series fan. Mm. I'm like, and you played Arthur for season one. He's like, I did. He had, <laughs> he had no Tick merch. I'm like, no Tick merch? He's like, I only played him for the first season. I'm like, that's the best season. People with less claims to less fame sell merch from shit. He's like, that's a good point. He's like, I was Arthur. He goes, hey, how come we don't have any Arthur pictures? And she's like, I don't, I I didn't know you played Arthur. I'm like, that's your daughter. (laughs) Um, So I brought my Arthur action figure in and I had him sign that. I mean, come on. The the guy who was in the suit was a David Prowse uh, still travels around uh, on the Darth Vader ticket. Yes. Uh, in, in, in Richmond, Virginia, there is a, there is a bar or a burger joint you can go to. And in the bathroom, David Prowse wrote on the wall. There's a lot of like, everyone writes on the wall in that Mm. bathroom. I don't remember what it was, but uh, he wrote like David Prowse took a shit here. That's fucking dope. Darth Vader took a shit here. (laughs) My man. (laughs) Uh, Patrick Lawson, uh, Joel, Sal, thank you for keeping me sane and entertained. Thank you for keeping us alive with your with your Mm -hmm. super chats and with your patronage. We do appreciate it, Patrick. Definitely. Now more than ever. Yeah. Uh, Alex M., if you were Disney, how would you bring New Mutants to public at this moment? Oh, yeah, that's right. The the cursed New Mutants movie that just cannot catch a fucker. Just put it on the app. Put it on fucking digital. Just end the madness. Just do it. I, I've heard I heard a rumor that the New Mutants was for like a hot second on Amazon. At, for pre, I saw that, too. Yeah, for pre-order. I was like, what? Amazon? That's the you don't even own that. You have Hulu. You have Disney, like, are you shitting me? Um, I mean, if we look at the Trolls 2, which apparently did way better than projected <laughs> when they put it on freaking digital, I get the feeling that New Mutants would probably do the same. Because whatever you think you're going to make on that movie, you're not going to make it. No. Like, people didn't care before it became cursed. Yes, but I would, I would rather see it in theaters. I would like to see it in the theaters. I think it would make its money back if it was put out in theaters. Hmm. Um, the problem is, of course, I, I, feel I can't the other go way. to a theater. Like, exactly. You just can't I, I, go. 
I, I want to watch it at home. I want to walk around, take some phone calls, check my email. I'll watch it, right. but you know, I'll for, have watch for, it. For my money, I think since it's a sunk cost, the money's been spent. The movie exists. There's no more universe for it. Mm-hmm. You can release it literally anytime. Yeah, I know, which is weird that they won't. You know what they should do? They should release it directly to some dude's trunk. You have to go and buy a DVD from a man's trunk in an alley. (laughs) I I would take it in theaters. I would would wait until it all cools down. Because based on Bloodshot, Bloodshot didn't Mm -hmm. do very well in digital market. So I'm like... That Gee Whiz, an unknown comic book property mm. from a studio that like nobody cares about. Yeah, mm. I think that was a good test case for why New Mutants should not be released in digital. Fair enough. And and I enjoyed Bloodshot. I'm like, yeah, this is a lot like the comic. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Yeah, uh, it, it was, was a, it, it was a fun action. Was not a waste of my time. No, I agree. Uh, Kenneth Dowling, can you guys recommend any Denny O'Neill written Batman stories? I hear the best of his work. Have a great day. Uh, Batman Venom, go check it out. Uh, I think he wrote Prey mm-hmm. as well. He's written 2,000 comic books. I know. Right? I mean, he wrote the original Demon's Head, didn't he? He invented Rachel Ghoul. So, I mean, definitely check that shit out. I mean, it only lived forever. <laughs> yeah, no. Anything by Denny, you're going to get something cool. What, I mean, another, shit, just read his whole run. <laughs> yeah, another man I've met at last year's East Coast Comic Con, which is now nice. canceled. Uh, he was very, he was like 90, maybe a little mm-hmm. like younger, but he was he was very tired, and he stayed a lot longer than he should have. Uh, yeah, whatever. TB, do you think DC will ever make Morrison co-publisher? Would he even do it? Thanks for the great content. Stay safe, guys. No. That is the question. Not at all. Uh, I think that, I don't think that DC would do it. I don't think Grant Morrison wants it, and I don't think he'd be very good at it. He values his freedom. He's like, no, I just want to go and do rune magic sometime or like, you know, just live in my castle. I, I, I don't think he wants to tell other people what stories to tell. Eh, yeah, that does kind of go against his whole character, doesn't it? Yeah. And I don't think he would. He's good at juggling his own balls, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be very good at being like, okay, so here's the direction of the universe, and you'll do this, and you'll do this, and you'll do this, and it'll all coalesce. Like, no, mm. he, I don't think he'd be very good. He's good at doing that himself. I don't think he's very. I don't think he would be very well suited to that role. That's a, <laughs> that's a suit. Like that. That's not a yeah. creator. Which he is not. And did he not do a whole thing in his like recent Green Lantern where he basically roasted DC editorial in the pages of the book? Big time. And told, and told them to get bent. Oh, he, he didn't just do that. I mean, he also was like, your top three writers you have right now are crappy. Ooh. Like, let me make fun of Perpetua, Bendis, and Jeff Johns in one page. Which I'm sure made him no friends in the bullpen. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't have them to begin with. Or, like, you know. The thing is, those three creators would still kiss his ass and call it ice cream. So, like, <laughs> he could do that if he wants to. I'm Grant fucking Morrison. I do what I want. That's right. Pineapple pizza <laughs> fan for pineappling. I'm sorry. Pineapple pizza fan, the pineappling. Says, uh, I just came back from your last crusade review. And to this day, I hate how the comic ended. It could have been so good. Apparently, there was a panel of Joker diddling Jason. Thankfully, Frank figuring figuring figured out it was a bad idea. Again, thankfully. I did not uh, hear that. Uh, that's horrifying. Um, one of the rare times Frank Miller's like, I think that's a bad idea. I don't think yeah. I should do that. <laughs> no, I, I, I doubt that's true, but uh, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, but again, I, I would have to see the I would have to see the source on that one. Um, I'm not going to accuse Frank Miller of doing that. You know, Frank's mm. done enough things you could argue. Uh, <laughs> that one, um, th- that I will not uh, cotton to. But I'm glad you <laughs> dug our episode of Last Crusade. That was a lot of fun to make. And uh, 
you, you know, there's a lot there. There's a lot of interesting things there. Um, read uh, the newest one, the, uh, you know, the one with uh, with Donald Trump in it. <laughs> it's, oh, it, yeah. it is ridiculous, but also like kind of interesting. I think it's worth the time. But thank you so much for your super chat, man. Uh, and Rusky says, uh, "Who's the most obscure actor you're trying to you've seen trying to demand respect at a con? Ooh. Bring it back." Oh, that's good. Oh fuck, I wish I could research this one. That is an excellent question. I don't I, like the most obscure actor. I've seen yeah. a lot of actors. Like I've seen people who played aliens in the original Star Wars movie. But not like the main one. Like I've seen people who are like, I, I was, was the wolf guy in the back, right? Like I was Mamounadon, or like <laughs> I was. Boba who could forget? Fett. I was Boba Fett in the second unit direction, but not in the <laughs> in the master shots. Like I've seen that. I've seen I played Admiral Akbar, but not the voice. Like right. Like most of them are all Star Wars. I've seen a lot of. I've seen some Star Trek care like actors who were like I was like I was Guy from Galaxy Quest like that. <laughs> Like that kind of character actor, where it's like right. I was in this episode. I've seen Crix Nadine, the guy who played him at cons. You right. remember Crix Nadine? He stole a small Imperial shuttle, and he was a general in the <laughs> Rebel Army. Like, <laughs> like really? I mean, like that's cool. I know who you are, but like, why are you here? And I know why you're here. It's because you heard that you could charge fifty dollars for your photograph. Um, you know, the uh, the Scream Queens and all the slasher movie people, they genuinely seem to have like a good sense of humor about it. it's like, hey, remember me? I died first in like Jason seven. <laughs> yes, uh, there is a show that is here in my neck of the woods called Chiller Theater Fest. Mm. That is where like that is the celebrity zoo. Right. Uh, sometimes you'll get like some really cool stuff. Like a couple of times that I went, it was really cool but only because like you're a big nerd buff, like a big yeah, like, yeah. movie buff or like a big nerd. Like I got to hang out with Dean Stockwell while he and Ernest Borgnine <laughs> like traded war stories. Like that was a fun, that was a fun day. Uh, but um, you know, like I've seen porn stars at these shows. Oh, yeah. I guess for me, the most obscure one demanding respect was three of the, finalists for who wants to be a superhero oh. at New York Comic Con. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a hard one to top. Fat Mama, Major Victory, and Feedback. I remember Fat Mama. Yeah, like they had tables, <laughs> their own tables. And I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? Uh, I think I have a pretty good one. Uh, wrestler Enzo Amore, who was at London Comic Con where I was after he got fired and admits a, a sex scandal. There you go. <laughs> That'll do it. And he had a better table than me. <laughs> well, he could afford it. He has his own yeah, people. Yeah, clearly. Um, I, I think he showed up late, too, as the other thing. It's like, hey, Kate Joel was on time. Right? <laughs> Unlike this guy. We have our own celebrity in the chat right now. Anakin Skywalker himself uh, says, I remember meeting Steve Cardenas, the original Red Power Rangers, at yes. Phoenix Fan Fusion, formerly Comic-Con. And he was actually a really nice guy. And I asked him to yeah. sign my Power Rangers Justice League book, and he loved my Superman cosplay. Aww, that's actually that's really nice. cool. That's a good story. I like, you know, whenever I hear like, oh, and I met somebody and he sucked. Yeah. That, my heart breaks because like I know that that was your experience and mm. that's what your takeaway was, which is like nobody wants that. Least of all, no, not for at all. You. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that any of the Power Rangers I would like to hear are good people who were cool. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm glad to hear it, man. That's nice. Um, he was my favorite until Tommy came along. And then I was like, Oh, that's always the way this dude rocks. And like, and red Ranger had the good sense to step out of his way. Well, I it was also that too. And they fired three of the actors cause they demanded more money in between seasons. So that certainly helped. And they're like a 10th of the show was your face. Yeah. <laughs> we can replace you. And we will like, you don't even do the stuff in the woods. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> At least Kimberly got a send up. I know I watched your Justice League Power Rangers thing and I was like screaming through the screen. I'm like, oh, the peace conference. They sent them to a peace conference and they never came back from it. (laughs) At least Kimberly got a send up. At least she got an arc where it's like, oh, my gymnastics career is really taken off, guys. You should hire this Australian woman to come in and be me now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yep. Uh, That show is crazy. That is. Yeah. Patrick Lawson, love then uh, love the D and D Joel and Comic Pop After Dark is scratching my eighties hey. pirate radio NPR for comic lovers, and I'm uh, Pat Patser Dunshay from Twitch. Nice, hey, welcome. Nice, to pa- Pat Senior, which I found out I've been saying his name wrong forever. It was Thorgy who clued me into that. It's like Joel, what the fuck did you say? I'm like, you know, Patser Dunshay. It's like that's Pat Senior. Oh, my selective dyslexia kicked in. <laughs> Well, I didn't put together the senior either, but uh, I'm glad to hear it, man. Uh, but thanks for hey. picking up the show. Uh, yeah, D&D is going, doing good. Uh, we're doing Comp Pop After Dark selectively and randomly. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm loving it. Thank you, man. Lucha Dandy, what's your opinion on a VR Comic-Con? Could be fun. Just, you know, trolling uh. will have to be addressed. Yeah, the VR Comic-Con thing. I mean, like, I've seen it. I don't like it. Um is the technology there yet? I say that no. every time for VR, and no. I don't think it is. No, I mean, like for me, uh, I would throw away any any pre any any plan for a VR con and just be like, no, no, no. The experience is watching a con video or having a virtual show like it, the one we're talking about. It, it's also not cost effective too, because not everyone has the room for it. Not everyone can afford the helmet and everything. No, and you know what are you doing? Like when you go, you're like, like you don't have an avatar. No one's going to be walking mm. for you. You're going to be going on their on their rail essentially and uh and and like there is no replacement ultimately for me you know san diego's like we're doing a virtual con and i'm like you know what though there is no replacement for the con experience no not really it's not unlike people's affinity for physical media like you go to a con for a number of reasons and that's the thing is that like whenever you get like the the survey when you register for a show they're like why are you going what's your most excited thing are you there for cosplayers are you there for merchandise deals tv shows exclusives mm-hmm. and it's like everything that you are uh, that you're able to check off are things you have to experience in real life with very few exceptions panels uh cosplayers you know like cuz you mm-hmm. cuz you can look but not t- obviously you're not going to touch these people but like you're seeing a person who is physically portraying a, a fictional character. That's pretty sick. But like, that's you're essentially having like a real world experience with a photograph. Yeah. And uh, unless you take a picture with them. And even then, like you can't do that virtually. No. Um, so like the, the con experience is like when people are saying like, we're going to do an online comic con. I'm like, well, you're not going to have artist alley. You're not going to have, uh, deals. You're not gonna have dealers, merchandise. Not easily, at least. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you need to basically create like a bunch of steps. So yeah. let's get into it really quick. Let's do it. Gotta a be good at infrastructure. <clears throat> yeah, the you have to you have to you have to accept what you're not gonna be able to do, accept your limitations, and then try mm-hmm. and approximate what you can achieve. Yeah. For my money, 
you know, if you are like, I love my Super Bowl idea where it's like it's one show, um, but it is not you're not going to get the same audience for the whole thing. You're going to be no. like dropping in and out. So you kind of have to create a kind of hub mm. and expect ancillary stuff. The problem, of course, is with the internet and with live streams in general, if you redirect someone or if you stop streaming for a minute, you will lose them forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a Even if case. you say, hey, I'll be coming right back, stay where you are. You will no. <laughs> no, they won't. Like we did it one of the last live show we did, the big live stream we did for this channel. Um, we were like, okay, we're just gonna like we're gonna leave the mic on, we're gonna drop the video for a second and move the camera. And we did it for five minutes. We lost two hundred people. And they never came back. It's crazy. And it's like you don't have to do anything. I'm not asking you to click a button, go to another link, like you know, so every time I see like a show go like, okay, we're going to stop and we're going to start up over here. I'm like, well, you've just screwed yourself. <laughs> like you just have to take that as a, as a given. But uh, when you're trying to create like the con experience, the con experience for me, not only is totally different from other people's experience, but also like it is the, the fact that you have like a thousand interesting things all happening in the same place. Mm. So what you need to do is you need to have like a singular brand Comic-Con, let's call it, like, uh, whatever, like, but, you know, Comic-Con, this mm. is your show, right? The uh, the Elseworlds Comic-Con. Love it, because uh, our name's that. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, like, uh, cause, well, I'm not going to use somebody else's, obviously, if I'm going to fucking brand this thing. But, like, you know, that's the show. Boom, here it is. You have a central hub where all of your, like, central things are, but they all branch out into different places. Right. But you, the, the thing is to make sure that, the barrier to entry is incredibly thin and yes. the, and your your uh, options are numerous and immediately available so it's much like, like a real convention cuz you're not going to go to every panel but some of them look pretty good exactly well and you need to make them easy to get to and convenient so it's like if you're going to do a panel thing okay you know what like elseworlds comic con hi we're here's the website right and here's all the yeah. links for it I would almost argue, like, don't even do a website, do a like a YouTube channel, but like, mm -hmm. here's a website. It's embedded videos, but like, that's what Stay Home did, and they did all right with yeah, it. Yeah, uh, the At Home Comic Con had, I don't even know. Yeah, they they had one video, right? But they had like, yeah, but it just kept changing over. Is that how it worked? Yeah, I, I um, believe so. Again, we didn't do the background on that. We just showed up. We were talent. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but you have one show. You have one stream essentially that you break up into multiple releases later, but um, basically you give people options. I pitched a whole Artist Alley idea on Twitch, yes, not on Twitch, but for Twitch yesterday. I'm not going to get into it now. If you want to watch it on, on Off the Rack from, from yesterday, watch that. Um, it's towards the end of the episode. But basically have Artist Alley on Twitch. Like, 100 artists, they're all streaming from their own Twitch channels, and you host one of them for 20 minutes a piece. Oh, I like that. So it's just, you keep getting a rollover of artists. And if you like that artist, like you're at Artist Alley, you click on them, you go to their thing, their merch is available right there. Oh, that's so, smart. So and donate money for commissions and watch them draw your commission exactly, on Twitch. Exactly. But even if, but if you're not, if you don't know who any of them are, you just go to Elseworlds Comic Con's Twitch channel, Artist Alley edition, and you'll just be 
shown artists for the next 12 hours at like a right, rate of 25 you'll find minutes a piece. Like. Exactly. Or you'll find, you'll be like, ooh, I like that. Right click, open new tab. Like, I like all of these. You'll collect mm. artists as a result. But that's Smart. Artist Alley's experience. You also need to have your own merchandise. Merchandise needs to be visible and available and immediately purchasable uh, right there. Boom. Like, no doubt. You need to be able to work out deals with like merchants. Um, mm. For me, it's about like, haggling making deals and getting good rates uh you might have like a bunch of different comic book stores that have the ability to sell my comics shop zap comics does these like 50 dollar boxes of, of, mm, of trades or me, singles yeah. yeah and you could just you know you reach out to them or you have them go like there and it's like i want 50 bucks worth of books boom click or like hey what do you have you know and like you basically have all the comic shops that are willing to have the exact same conditions that you would need to have the same experience but different options available to your to to your right right um and of course, you can't. Li- you don't have to limit it to just comic shops. You could also you could also expand it to all the merchants that you would expect: the sword guy, the yeah. you know the, the 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 pin makers, the, the you know the key the body guy. pillow guy. We haven't forgotten about you. Don't worry, your 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 body pillow thing is covered. Uh, that's available. <laughs> You're an important part of this community, and don't let anyone tell you any different. Exactly. Alternatively, you could just go. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I create the brand. Here's the hashtag. Everybody comes here. They subscribe to this one thing. Uh, hell, it's like a Twitter account. It's true, which I think that's how they're going to do San Diego Comic-Con anyway. It's just like, follow our Twitter. We'll be dropping shit here every day, which, you know, is fine. It's very turnkey. It's very hands-off and everything. But, you know, it could work. It's that's just... the thing. Yeah, like Twitter, they create a hashtag. Everyone is an, everyone's a merchant at, at, at Elseworlds Comic-Con. Hashtag E-E-C-C. 2020 you know something that's actually pretty good eecc i like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) shit by the time the show is done sal and i are gonna actually do it's like hey (laughs) the branding on that's not too bad we could probably pull it together (laughs) exactly but like eecc 2020 something like that like and like everybody who wants to participate is like it's kind of like um i've seen on twitter the uh the the i don't know what day it is but it's one of those like like you know if you're a creator, uh, you know, tell me who has lo- who has more followers, and I'll retweet you like your pitch mm-hmm. for what you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I've seen that. L- like Inktober and everything when that was big, and that was a really successful hashtag. Yeah, yeah. Or the, just like if you have like ten thousand or like a hundred thousand Twitter followers, if you tweet at me the like one sentence pitch for your brand, I will retweet you. And that'll be like the e-blast. Like, so it's essentially like that, only you're just trying to piggyback off of the con by doing that like one sentence pitch, hashtag EECC 2020. Right, right. Where it's just getting everyone. So it's just, if you're just sitting there being like, entertain me, like, (laughs) you know, you'll just have a Twitter account that's just rolling with with content. And and like, you'll see a name you find familiar, oh, click. Or like you see a, a, a keyword that you like with that, oh, click, you know, and then you just, you curate your own Comic-Con just from a Twitter feed. It's not a bad pitch at all. That's the cheapest and easiest way to do it. I think that's probably the way they could and probably will do it. Um, I think that's kind of like passing the buck a little bit because 
The other it thing is. is like, hi, I'm a like hardcore porn channel. E- hashtag EECZ2020. <laughs> like, check out my DP videos. Uh, <laughs> hey, here's me jerking off for half an hour. EECC. Like, there's no no barrier to entry here. Like, nope. Like it, it you know, it's the hope is that like that just the popular stuff will get pushed to the top, but like you know. As we've said many times on this show, you're never more than five seconds away from balls on the internet. Exactly. And and any opportunity you have to be like, hey, does anybody want to come up to the microphone? Like, yeah, you have you have you, basically that is an invitation for the desperate and the insane. Baba booey, baba booey, Howard Stern's penis, baba booey, baba like, booey. It, it, it's literally that. Like, it's just open mic night uh, for Comic-Con fans, like, which is Give not... a cripple crab a crotch. <laughs> that was Dr. Pepper. Um, <laughs> Good old Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gar says, I ran into Tommy Dreamer at C2E2 who was looking for CM nice. Punk's booth. He <laughs> seemed put off by me because I think he thought I was a mark. <laughs> that's uh that's one of those fans who believe it you know you can't uh can't deal with them marks mm. uh heartless fang the boys are back in town glad to see you both again sal the savage screen you posted recently was hilarious can't wait for the next one uh thank you very much heartless fang and welcome back man uh yeah we did a full feature commentary for ninja turtles 3 nice it is the worst one mm-hmm. which is saying something yep uh and it's a lot of fun check it out uh, Neilan Bradley says met Mike Mignola at my first Comic Con. Still top five con experiences for me. Super nice job, super nice guy, and he and Dave Stewart signed a poster that I still own to this day. Nice, cool. A lot of people uh, love Mike Mignola and want uh, us to like feature him in some way. Um, I've heard really really nice stories about him at Comic Cons. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my own experience was the exact opposite, which is yeah, I know you so totally surprising. <laughs> but uh, you know, but I but I'm glad to hear that everyone else has had a good experience with him. Um, my wife, not so much. So pass on Mike Mignola uh, forever. Uh, Mikey <laughs> Jesus says at Fan Expo Comic Con, I was cosplaying Nightwing and met Marv Wolfman, who had nice. no line. He was surprisingly friendly, chatty. Uh, lesson learned about rumors. Yeah. Let me tell you dope. something, man. Uh, you'd be surprised. Like Marv Wolfman, uh, Kevin McGuire, um, Howard Mackey, like just people that you've whose work you've read a hundred issues of. You can go to any con and they're just sitting there and you're like, what is, why is there no line? I know, for real. I think a lot of it too is just, you know, when you catch these people too, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe they've been there for a bit. Maybe they haven't had a good uh, turnout. That's true. Or the con screwed up letting people know they were even going to be there. That happens a lot. Uh, Jam Call X. I met Scott McNeil at Ohio Matsuri Matsuri Con. Uh, a group bidding war started at the Sunday Cancer Charity. My side started Jets versus Sharks gang snapping at the other side, and Scott started dancing. He's a great dude. Love it. That's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah, story. he seems like a nice dude from all the stories I've heard. He's Canadian, I do believe. Ah, well, that would that would explain it. Yeah. Um, I like that. I'm glad that he jumped in on that. That's really cute. Um, yeah, cobras. Uh, Mr. Savage says, Hey, Joel, what happened to Mr. Mustache the third? Yeah, what did happen to that guy, man? I, I don't know seen who that is. Part of, he was a fan of ours. We uh, we met him, actually. Was it really? Yes, I do believe we met him at some point. I'm or, sorry. No, so, oh, no, sorry. I'm mixing up uh, that guy with the mustache. Yeah, okay. Mr. Mustache was a dude who uh, commented all the time back over on Name Redacted. And yeah, he was oh. a super cool, super funny fan and just fell off the face of the earth and never saw him again. Okay, so he was... Okay, because I was yeah. going to say, I was like, that doesn't sound familiar. I'll have to check him out. 
Um, we, we, we have many mustache fans, you see. That's true. Yeah, many be mustached fans. Although, uh, just some guy with a mustache came up the other day because Ethan was like, I was watching a video irrespective of us, and he was on there. Like, he commented on that. He is everywhere. And I'm like, he is. That dude gets right. We met him. We met his uh, mother and brother and everything. <laughs> no, no mustache, though. That's the spoiler. He walks among us, and you wouldn't know. I can't confirm or deny anything about that guy with a mustache, but I can confirm he is a great guy. Yes, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, man. Um, so yeah, what the, the? Did you have any other things to bring up in regards to the to our con, to like what we would uh, do with a virtual con? I mean, I mean, again, you know, doing it turnkey like that is good too because it means we don't have to worry about scheduling because we would pull out our goddamn hair when it comes to scheduling and all these different people and all the emails and shit we would have to write back and forth. And sometimes people cancel and sometimes people just get left there fucking flapping in the breeze. And that ain't no good for anybody. Cause then everyone leaves unhappy. That's right. That's right. Well, you get a lot of like, you have people who don't understand the technology they're working with. They have, you have people mm. who just are flakes. We yep. are working with artists after all. And some of them just go like, oh, I didn't feel like doing it or I forgot. <laughs> and you're like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> You know, what am I going to do now? And you have to come up with a new schedule on the fly. Um, it, it's, vamp, get up there and vamp. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it, it's it's a lot of work. And, you know, I I, uh, I, I watched, um, you know, we, we did at home Comic Con. They did a really nice job. I think what's what's really cool about the show that they performed was their reach didn't exceed their grasp. Yeah, they kept it small and focused into people they knew and to people who would write them back. Well, and they leaned into what they knew best. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, you know, they didn't try... Like, I pitched that whole, like, Artist Alley thing, and it was like, sure, you could do it, but, like, it would require a lot of coordination. It would require, like, doing something special and new. Um, yeah. It wouldn't guarantee views because you're creating this brand new thing. If you create a Twitch channel for that brand new thing, no one's going to subscribe to that right away, so yeah. it doesn't move them to do that. Um, you need a dedicated Twitch person to coordinate it for them. It just, there, there was a lot going on for them. Variables, they, so they, many variables, but they still, they created discord. Everyone had like their own group chat where you could coordinate all of that. They had one, one or two ring leaders who made sure that there were people within the two up to, and including the minute that they were going to go out. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of good stuff that like was handled on that show because they just simply didn't go outside of their comfort zone when it came to coordinating and technological like limitations. So it, so it seemingly was a huge success because they just didn't try to like do something that was going, that they didn't know. Um, and it was all for charity too, which was nice. So, so you don't have to worry about like divvying up the money at the end of it all. Cause oh. that's another thing in the convention scene. Like, okay, who gets paid commissions and everything and everything else. Yes, absolutely. No, it, it, it makes more sense to do it. The problem of course being that like, well, if I'm only doing it for charity, like it's, it's a lot of work. It's like a year's worth of work essentially to coordinate a con and I'm doing it for essentially free you know, like I, sh I need to be able to make something out of it. Yeah. Though I guess you would uh, cut your overhead because you don't have to pay for actually renting the building and anything. So that's nice. Absolutely. No, no, no. There, there are a lot of benefits to having a virtual comic con. Um, I I'm just, and, but, uh, but it did cut out a lot of complications by making it entirely for charity. Um, mainframe comic con was similar in terms of mm. like, they had, a similar thing. It was just panels. It was just people that they knew they reached out to. Um, mm. And it was, you know, it was, it was essentially, it was very similar, but not, I think as, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a very different and yet 
almost identical. Yeah. Uh, odd thing. But like one versus the other in terms of like, it was interesting actually with At Home, the brand was created and then they launched. Like they didn't, there was no, there was no time to build it up and yeah, to yeah. get a whole bunch of subscribers. You basically just, you, you capitalized on everyone else's audiences in cachet and then Definitely. pulled them into one place. Um, and they performed. They didn't perform like out, outstanding, but they performed, you know, enough to, to, uh, you know, to raise a significant amount of money for charity. I mean, we weren't juggling no chainsaws, but we could maybe next year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, maybe next year we'll see. But, uh, but that was really smart. Um, jumping back into the super chats really quick. Uh, Anakin Skywalker says, I also met Neil Adams at the same con. He Ooh. loved my Superman so much. He didn't charge me for a photo with him. Oh, that's fun. He also signed my reign of the Superman book. That's awesome, man. That's a great experience with Neil Adams. Mm -hmm. Cause I've heard mixed reviews. Um, Again, I think he's totally one of those guys. I have a good story with him because I caught him on a good day and we both kind of slagged off the Arrow TV show. And he's like, yeah, my stories are better, aren't they? I'm like, yes, Neil. Yes, they are. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. If you if you massage his ego, you're going to do a lot better. But he's oh, yeah. uh, he's fun. I mean, like, you know, he's Neil Adams, man. And just a just a storyteller storyteller is what he is. That's true. Uh, Kendall Person says, thanks for the hours of entertainment. You guys are the best. You're the best, Kendall. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us and for being with us. Happy um, to do it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Rogelio Canella says, bro, I met Marv too with no line and I was so nervous asking for his signature with my friends and he was so kind to us. We, we talked for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is that like people like him, Walt Simonson, you get up to them and you ask him one question and they will tell you a story that like, you're like, this is awesome. Like, I didn't I, know this. I've told this story before, but when we were in Philadelphia for the show there in that first shaky year when not a lot of people showed up, I remember talking to David F. Walker, who's just a sweet guy anyway and whose work I love, and I think he knew me from social media. And I'm like, all right, I got to do the thing. He's like, no, come back. Talk to me. I'm bored. Don't leave me. <laughs> and I'm like, sure, man. All right. Yeah. As yeah. long as I'm not bugging you. <laughs> yeah. that's And that's a thing you can't re recreate online. You can't make that experience virtual. The personal connections, talking to people in line, that sort of thing. That's the thing, yeah. Meeting new people, you could do that in the chat, but it like it's way less interpersonal, mm -hmm. um, and you're not gonna have that one-on-one -on -one with the creator. You have Definitely. to kind of vicariously experience it with the person who's interviewing them, if they're if they're mm. gonna do that. I would love to have like a virtual con where it's just like, here are all the celebrity, like comic book creators that you never get to see or who you'd like to hear from and ask questions of all in one place. Definitely. Like one after the other, you know? Um, I feel like that might do better than like one episode at a time. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like what you don't want to do is like have like the audience taper off depending on which creator shows up. And, yeah. Like it, 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 that's it's, disheartening. It's yeah. But I feel like there's a place for that. Um, but maybe that's maybe that maybe the Comic Con for the virtual Comic Con isn't the the place for that. You know, maybe that's just where podcasters are. Like that that's just what you can true. Because like uh, what's it called? Joe Joe Casada and a number of other creators uh, have a show where they just talk to creators that they know or can yeah. get access to, and then interview them or essentially just shoot the shit with them. Yeah, I it's called which the, I like. It's called the Drink and Draw Podcast. Uh, it's which really is fun. nice. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, so yeah, uh, what, uh, okay. So with, with respect to San Diego, you know, what are they going to do? 
I think it'll be a combination of that. I think it's the smartest thing for them is to make that Twitter thing. Mm, yeah, I'm almost certain that's what they're going to end up doing. Because, again, if, if they put that much uh, work into the little uh, trailer promo they had for it, I think that's about how much work they're going to put into the actual thing. Yeah, I think that if I were San Diego or New York Comic Con, I would have started coming up with a strategy for an online con like the second March 15th hit. That it looked bad. Yeah, it feels like they're all a little late to the party, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think when New York, you have a lot more time. Like they have the ability to do it now. They should. Uh, and I think it just came down to money too, where it's like, oh, I could design a whole new online Comic Con thing. Is anyone going to pay me for this extra work? No. Okay, oh, no. Then I'm, <laughs> then I'm not going to do it then. Exactly. And Neil- let other people figure it out. And if it works, we'll do it next year. <laughs> right. Uh, Neil and Bradley, one thing that people go to cons for are portfolio reviews. What would you guys mm. do? What you would essentially do is at the for the if you did it through the con, you would you you would try. They probably raffle off portfolio review tickets that yeah, yeah. you would then like win, and then you'd be given like a time slot to jump into a Zoom meeting with these creators right. and s- submit your PDFs. Exactly, because like with Zoom, you can uh, actually like screen share, so you can share your work with them, and and I right. think that's probably the way to do it. That would be what I would do. Um, show me your pencils kid oh look i'm drawn on the screen right i wouldn't even no no show me what you've already drawn (laughs) but uh that would be what i would do and they'd be a lot shorter and they would not be nearly as 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 personal um but uh but as far as the future of comic cons go i think that like you're gonna see i think in the new normal for comic cons going forward is as a result of this, you're going to see, I think, the death of a few of those smaller cons that probably had no business existing in the first place. It's true. That would probably be better served online to an audience of about the same size. And also, too, hey, if you're one of those people with social anxiety, maybe you should check out one of these online ones. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that you're going to see fewer smaller cons and maybe – a, a rise of the mid-tier Comic-Con? Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, part of the real concern was the massive cons. With the they massive were getting too big. Too big, too many people, and that's the real concern. The reason why they're not even having them right now is because of the concern for contamination. They're if all you, Petri dishes. Yeah, if you could spread it out, maybe, like, spread out the uh, the people and the, and the options, particularly in, like, a large place like a convention center, maybe you'd have a better chance. I don't know. Um, but I think that the new normal for comic cons will be, you will see like top tier virtual cons. You'll Mm. see bargain basement attempts at virtual cons that will come and disappear when no one goes to them. (laughs) Um, but you will, I think you will see like the rise of the virtual con and the virtual con will become as ubiquitous as your regular cons. Because again, this has proved that it's viable. That's the biggest change at all to the con scene. It is viable. You don't need to spend a lot of money on hotel, Airbnb, uh, airfare, and everything else to get to a con because we can bring most of the con experience right to your doorstep via the power of the internet. Yeah, kind of. It really de- and, and that'll really boil down what people want to get out of it in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Again, like if you're there for the social component, you're probably not going to get that. But if you're just there for the physical component of it, just, you know, the to watch and to listen and, you know, maybe get some stuff signed. Yeah, we can probably translate that pretty well. Yeah. How do you get it signed? I guess like you you have whatever creator. Send you, away. Yeah, you send it away. You like you, you create a list. At, uh, at Comic-Cons already, when you want a commission by an artist, they have a commissions list and they have like a cap. 
So yep. you basically just like, if there's an artist that has a commissions list, they're like, hey, at the con, I'm going to open up my commission list. Here's where it's going to be. You better get on the ground floor or a writer. Mm. And then it's like, you mail your book in, send a self-addressed stand envelope, I'll send it back. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's very easy. And that's like stuff that other industries have been doing since forever. Yeah. Nathan Berg wants to know what is the D&D thing you do? Oh, uh, that is Capes and Quests. We go every Thursday now over on Twitch. We've had a couple sessions done. My thing is, is that I record it live on the Thursday night, like around 10 Eastern Standard Time, that I grab that video, throw it up on the Patreon, but then also keep the audio because I want to make a really nice audio version with sound effects and everything when it's all done. Nice. And um, a radio play it. Yeah. Uh, Lucha Dandy wants to know any Comic-Con traditions that should be replaced. Mm, another good question huh. yeah i think that in terms of <clears throat> like it's not so much traditions um but uh i will say this there is a it's more like behavior overall yeah i would like to see the behavior get better i'd like to see practices get better um i think you'll see at the at when comic cons become normal again i think that you're gonna see a huge surge in hand sanitizer stations yeah. you'll probably have hand washing stations as um, they should you'll probably have uh you know um, i would like to see a decline in the people who bring every single issue of a collection for signatures yeah that's a little much i've never been a fan of that can we well we're doing that can we also retire the overpriced poor quality uh, uh comic-con pizza Oh yeah, well yeah. The, the 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 convention snacks are garbage, um, and always have been, and always will be. Man, yes. remember when we were in Toronto together that one time, and you're like, Joel, what is that horrible smell? And I'm like, oh well, that's Pizza Pizza brand pizza. Sal, it is a <laughs> Canadian institution? Question mark. And you're like, oh well, that smells like reheated vomit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing that I would like to see uh, is like. Um, or that I'd like to to know what they're going to do about it is, let's say you want something signed. How does CGC authenticate it? Oh, oh good question. Yes, I never thought of that. You're right. Yeah. There's a problem right that, there. That is an issue, and it's going to be, an, that's why a lot of people get things signed in the first place. So, you know. Because uh, I want to put it under glass and sell it later. Yeah, and I want to throw out a big thank you to Joshua, whose name is actually obscured because they used a, a YouTube super chat gif of what appears to be a hippo transforming into a giant robot. <laughs> uh, it is amazing. He's sitting in a chair. He does a double backflip, and then he becomes a hippo transformer. Um, I am. I love this thing. I've been. I've been. Oh wow! Laughing to myself about it for the last minute or so. It's oh, that's good. Amazing. I just looked. I just saw it. Yeah. I would love to see, um, yeah. So thank you, Joshua, for that. Uh, thank you very much for making things, uh, th for for lightening up the chat in a, in a big way. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, man. Um, no, uh, Tevia, CGC, the people who authenticate the, the comic book rating system. Not the Center for Disease Control, although maybe they'll be there too. Who knows? Right, yeah. Uh, I, I also said authenticate, so I think, you know, it's pretty obvious. But the point being, like, there there is a lot of staples it's funny how the comic-con went from being like bargain basement maybe a creator or two is going to be there people like assault them with their books and now it's like and then it became like all these new interesting things have come about you know cosplay has become mm -hmm. you know interconnected with the comic-con you don't you can't have a con without that um, oh it's an industry unto itself it's a whole subculture but then you also have like the the cgc people who was like 
you can't get a signature without them also having a booth there and standing over them and making sure it's real and yeah. then bring you directly over to their booth to get it slabbed. You know, like that's a pretty like that's a pretty big new thing that has become a staple of Comic Cons and I don't see it going away anytime soon, but I also like I can't see it being translatable virtually. It's true. Yeah. Um Lawrence Perry, I unfortunately have to study for a final, but I wanted to show my support. Thank you both for distracting me from Aww. the pandemic. Lawrence, thank you so much. Get back to work. Good luck on your final. I hope it all works out. Uh, hopefully you Crush are not, it. Hopefully you're not graduating this year so you can actually get a real graduation next year. I really yeah, feel Yeah, that's going to be a thing. I feel bad for everyone in high school and college who was being robbed of their college uh, or high school graduations. You don't deserve that. I'm sorry. I want to throw my mortarboard up in the air. Yeah. Michael Darnell, if you were to make a team of Marvel characters that don't usually see each other, what would it look like? Eh, uh, you know, like... I, I had a pitch uh, for, like, the League of Sams. It was going to be Sam Alexander, <laughs> Sam Wilson, uh, just uh, just a bunch of characters. I had a really <laughs> good line up there. I think, what is it, the leader, his name is also Sam, oh, Samuel Stern, so yeah. he's going to be on it, too. So just a bunch of characters who their only thing that brings them together is that they're all named Sam. <laughs> Um, I'd like to see like a, a new Avengers roster that involves like C or D listers that nobody uses properly. Um, I, I had a whole thing on Twitter where I was like, what are some characters that could, that deserve like a, a shot at the spotlight? And, um, unfortunately, Bronze Tiger. yeah, bronze tiger. I remember you mentioning him. Um, you know, uh, but as far as the Marvel characters, I mean, you know, you never get to see slapstick really anymore. Uh, no, no, he he had a run there for a minute, and that he ended did. quick. People keep using him, and I'm like, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's a lot uh, that I would like to see. I'd like to see more A Force um, and more yeah. more prominence for the Marvel female characters that already exist or have existed forever. Um, Most deaf. There are a lot of those that like don't get prominence, and like as a kid, I always thought that the Avengers had more women on it than they do, and mm. I'd like for that to become a new normal. Like I'd like for the Avengers to have more women on it than the Justice League ever has. You know, like, I feel like there's a, enough powerhouses or interesting characters. Hey, bring back Silhouette. Put her on something. Yeah. What's Tigra been up to in the last couple decades? Right? And, like, back then, I remember, like, the, during the new Avengers, like, Bendis seemed to have, like, utter disdain for Tigra. Yeah, he did. I don't know why, but, like, yeah. Like, why not Tigra? If Disney realized that furries can pay your oh, bills, God. how can Marvel miss that opportunity? Hey, now that Disney owns Marvel, hey, maybe that'll be a new normal. I mean, c come on. Like, there's a whole audience you could be selling to right now that you're just not. Right? You, uh, you, you see that Beastars there on the Netflix? People seem to enjoy that. You got Tiger. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, Garvey Smith just got a job. Finally got a job in the current climate. Just a little support for my fave channel. Cheers. Cheers to you, Garvey. Congratulations on getting a gig. Uh, it's fantastic news. I'm really, really happy for you, man. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, the new the new normal is uh, is interesting. I think that you will see a rise of the of the new of the virtual con. You know, I think that's gonna be a big thing. Because it's proven now, more or less, you can do it. And you can do it for cheap and still reach a lot of people. Exactly. Uh, but I think we will get back to it. But I think like hopefully. You know, it will we'll see like the mid tier con kind of gain more prevalence and like you'll see like a cup, maybe like just the bi coastal massive cons and that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that is the future where we're ultimately going. Cause again, too, you know, I always think like, you know, the if the con bubble bursts, is that like indicative or symptomatic of like the comic geek culture bubble bursting? But that doesn't seem to be happening. No, I, I think that in terms of bubbles bursting, 
every every bubble got busted prematurely as a result of this pandemic. And yeah. we're we're getting like an early look at like when things become normalized and when like mm. the when the openings start to get rolled out, we will find out which, which whose bubbles were going to be burst. For real. Because we're gonna find out who's not coming back from this. Like GameStop or Diamond. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, well, we're gonna see who was who who survived and who, and who who had been cooking the books this whole time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael Darnell thoughts on Thrawn. I prefer his cart his canon version versus Legends. Um, Th- Thrawn is overrated and uh, he's a cool design. Um, Zahn did a great job with him and then foolishly killed him off right away in the Legend series. Um, I couldn't care less about the current version versus the legend version, honestly. Uh, but I don't Me care about Star Wars anymore. So I mean, I mean, I mean, really, all in the new canon is he has one comic origin series and is the villain for the latter half of Rebels. Rebels. And I re- and I really like Rebels, and I think he's good in that. Yeah, Rebels is cool. Uh, but again, the, the, like the, I, they they've been kind of keep his can- canonicity at the end, where it's like, okay, so he he goes off into deep space, uncharted space. That still happens, but we change how we got there. Yeah, and if I were them, I would keep him alive. Like, that would be my one oh, I'm big sure they change, will. is not killing him off. Um, but yeah, so uh, from that, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. Before we do go, we're going to keep this conversation going. So if you go to patreon.com slash comicpop, you will be able to catch an extra couple of minutes of us chatting. Maybe not about this, maybe about something else. I'm looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a bonus show called One Shots, which you can find over there. Um, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this channel, like the video. If you want more gaming stuff, you can go to twitch.tv slash comicpop and watch Tiffany play video games later on today. And nice. uh, we're going to do a lot more. So hang out here and we'll see you guys next time. Tomorrow, back issues, yesterday off the rack, so much more. Cape Joel on youtube.com slash Cape Joel. We'll see you guys next time. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long, everybody.